misunderstood It's in the hands of my love And my love does it Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris and Happy New Year everyone and hope your 2019 is off to a good start. Uh, I know we have especially been digging into these uh, McCartney reissue sets and uh, trying to figure out what we're going to talk about because there's just so much to get into and uh, is it Wildlife, is it Red Rose Speedway and uh, as you can tell by the first track that we played we chose to uh, spend our time focused on the Red Rose Speedway set. What, you, what was your big reason for wanting to look into this set, Chris? Well, you know, some of these sets, uh, uh, particularly the first ones uh, that came out, there wasn't exactly a ton of added value necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Like there were like a little seven-track bonus things on the first too i think mm-hmm. uh but now he's it seems like he gets it sort of like, <laughs> as far as like giving you the amount of uh extras that you yeah. want price is another thing we could talk about that <laughs> sometime although i did see it for like almost uh under 90 bucks at, at some point for a couple days yeah. usually the 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 uh this full Red Rose Speedway sets go pricing out at about one sixty. Yeah, ouch, <laughs> <So> ouch. <laughs> it just it just hurts the pocketbook a little too much. But yeah. but that said, it is a lot of extra value, and particularly for streamers like you and me, Dave, we've been able to enjoy a, a full eighteen track, pretty packed full extra uh, extra stuff with some hits. Yeah, and some rarities that we've never heard uh yeah. <laughs> or only heard on scratchy bootlegs it's stuff <laughs> like that yeah uh, so it, i'm excited to get into those especially on this red rose speedway set yeah me too and i think it's it's interesting at this time to look at this particular period because we're coming after wildlife and or ram you have the first two wings albums the first one wildlife was really a homespun affair recorded very quickly maybe not the greatest songs ever there's a couple of good ones but we'll talk about that another time so but this album is kind of his first real wings album i think proper and i don't know we have to assess exactly what what's going on here and as we'll find out maybe paul and the record company didn't have the best ideas about what should have been on this album and it's had a reputation that it's had because of those decisions uh if you if before we even got into it what what was your impression of red rose speedway before we even learned about the reissue and all the stuff about it now with research well, you know, I didn't have much of an impression on it. I yeah. sort of didn't listen to it very often, and and I don't think I had it. Like, I owned it in my collection in, in any place, and I felt like it was sort of like 
if if I brought it up to people, maybe even you, and said like, "Oh, that's not a very great good yeah. album." Yeah. Uh, in the re-listen, of course, when we really dig into the tunes and listen to them day after day after day. <laughs> Uh, maybe my impressions changed a little bit on it. Maybe some of the songs I appreciate a lot more. It is hard to extract it, though, from the idea of like also listening to all the bonus tracks at right, this point. Right, right. <laughs> you right. know, for me. Yeah. So I, 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 I am left thinking, like, maybe uh, they did make a mistake, though, in not doing a two-disc double album which mm. initially this was supposed to be a double album yep now they've come out with uh, uh amongst the packages here you can get what they are calling red rose reconstructed like did you that. did you get the red rose reconstructed <laughs> 2lp vinyl dave <laughs> i have not done that yet no i don't have a i didn't get any christmas bonuses here to uh, <laughs> throw to that I'm not sure if the Red Rose Reconstructed that they've put together is necessarily what would have been the two-disc album. Yeah. It sort of seems to me, and incl- and they've put the live versions of some of the songs that they have uh, studio versions of on the Reconstructed, which that c- that kind of confused me why they're doing that. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it does it does add something to the album i think to have like oh a denny lane song and oh seaside woman yeah you know it it makes it feel more like a band album than it does now right now it's it seems like mostly a paul album with a little bit of denny lane vocals (laughs) tossed in there We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it yeah and that it is a little short and a little weak particularly uh the songs that it ends on. <laughs> right. And maybe some of that is the reason that Paul is trying to make it sound like a band and, and be more of a band affair is he told the, the first producers and first engineers, oh, just think of me as the bass player in the band. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the songwriter, the, the main star. I'm just the bass player. And we've heard yeah. Paul do that before. Uh, and he's talked a lot about that before. Uh, but yet it still comes off being a Paul album. At least the, we're talking about the original. The, yeah. It, it's very much side men and women uh, on the album. It, it's very yeah. Paul heavy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the other thing, too, is when he br- brings that to, it, oh, oh, here's my new album, and it's a two, it's yeah. a double album, and it's got it's got some Linda singing on it and some <laughs> Denny Lane singing on it. EMI was the uh, record company of the time. Yep. And they were like, uh, no thanks, yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Please just give us a one-disc album. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently he went. He very happily changed his concept mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to just make it a one-disc album. And does that, I, I don't exactly know the answer if it makes it suffer or not, but I kind of feel like it does. I do, Cause too. Because I, 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 once, I, once I hear this with the bonus tracks, I'm like, oh, some of these are really pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, and, and the, as we're going through the bonus tracks, we'll talk about some of those, and even some of the ones that are like, "Oh, this is filler." Maybe, yeah. If it is on an album, are very interesting tunes. Definitely, and that's including, you know, we we if you're familiar with McCartney's uh, career at that period, you know that he and this group uh, did a lot of touring, played around uh, several gigs, and you know, 
I think a lot of those live tunes are pretty good and they sound very good. They're oh, yeah. very interesting, better than the studio ones, better than some of Paul's choices. And I, I think like, a, like you, if some of those live tunes were on there, I think that it would be an even stronger album as we'll get to uh, very yeah. soon. Dave, can you also speak to, is this iteration of wings the best group of wings or, mm. or, or at least at least mm. high up there it's got to be because the the difference between wings wildlife and this which is a full band and you get denny sewell on drums mm-hmm. and you get the great henry <laughs> mccullough on uh, electric guitar right and he's really really good I don't know. I think every McCartney fan is going to have their favorite Wings period, whether it's this one or the Wings Over America group or the Back to the Egg group. Uh, I think to me that this is not my favorite because it it sounds a little too garage bandy and a little too rough. And I, I mm-hmm. per, my personal aesthetic, I like things a little more polished. Uh, but I will say on the live stuff, there's an energy that is maybe lacking a little bit on some of the more polished middle period wings. Uh, so it, it's interesting. And I, I think it's, it, you could, to me, it sounds like a band trying to figure out who they are and what their personalities are and what they're going to be. And that then it's also very interesting that after this album, you know, two of the guys leave and it's, it's band on the run and it's just Denny, Paul and Linda uh, doing that yeah. so it just changes completely falls apart so it didn't last long it was a very brief <laughs> brief uh flame but uh I, interesting and I, I think the uh this new set with all the extra material has fleshed out a lot of our previous opinions or kind of helped inform how we should think about this group so yeah as you mentioned as we get into the album proper here uh as you mentioned the there's some kind of it's a weird collection of tunes that made the actual album because some of them were recorded were rejects from ram uh others were kind of thrown together and overdubbed uh, so it's a strange hodgepodge of tunes uh but mm-hmm. uh we'll start right off so this is 1972 ish is when most of this was recorded came out in 73 uh officially mm-hmm. came out in april and may and uh yeah, starts right out with a Big Barn Bed, which uh, has always been a classic tune. Uh, so let's listen to a little bit, and then we'll uh, dig into the album.
Who are you going to creep on next, eh, Dave? <laughs> Sleeping on a pillow, leaping armadillo, yes. <laughs> you love that lyric, leaping armadillo? I do. I think it's a great lyric. <laughs> well, um, uh, isn't, isn't Dave, I, I don't know if you love this song. I, I, I get the impression that you don't uh, from uh, when we've talked about it yeah. in the past. I'll, I'll fill you uh, in but, more, yeah. But isn't the start of this good, and it's good for the start of an album, and a good l- lyric to start the album is that who's that coming around the band? Sort of like, Ooh, yeah. oh, they're looking. Oh, here comes the album. Here, here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like we're sneaking around the corner. Here's the album. Yeah, that's true. It's a very good opener. Uh, in terms of the song itself, uh, I don't think it's that bad. Actually, I like the music of it. I think it's got a good feel. Uh, I think it's the, the, some good background vocals, if a little bit out of tune at times. Uh, I, I, it's yeah. got a good energy to it. I'll tell you, I don't like uh, what's always bothered me about this song is the very poor acoustic guitar sound. It's very tinny. Huh. Uh, I don't. I think it's Denny Lane playing it. I, I can't believe that it's a Martin. It just sounds like a very weak guitar. Uh, I, I don't mind what he's playing. It's just the sound of it sounds very kind of annoying. So that's always yeah. been a turn off to me. Uh, oh, lyrically, interesting. Yeah, I don't know, just a little detail. Uh, lyrically, it's just it's nonsense, but uh, that's okay. I think it's just fun, uh, and I like it. It's an opener. I, I like it. I, I think it's a great-sounding lead guitar again yeah, uh, the lead from guitar. Uh, Henry McCullough, just uh, excellent. Uh, the, I do like the backup vocals. I I know that you're, you've got this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this like such precise uh, thing, and if anybody goes a little out of tune, you're yeah, like, uh, pitch is a big deal. Yeah, uh, and I I also like the ending of this, although it, it does maybe it overstays draggy. its welcome mm-hmm. uh, because of yeah because of the the um, what do you call it the tempo of it mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. it drag towards the end. But I do like the piano build up at the end Me when too, you yeah. add in that piano and then. And you get that, oh, woman, yeah, that, all, that's that, cool. all that yeah. stuff. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I wouldn't put it on the top echelon of Paul tunes, uh, but I didn't mind it being included in Pure McCartney. And I think no. it's, I think it's at least a, a, a good way to start now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Ironically, if the Red Rose Reconstructed, it does not start that album, which no. makes no sense. No, they I, started with Night Out, which is which blows my. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, after, so following that, you've got this nice up tempo kind of uh, energetic tune, and then it, the next tune is My Love, which everybody knows, and we played at the beginning, and that was the hit. Uh, it was, I believe, a number one hit. Yeah, reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and number nine on the UK charts. So it was mm-hmm. very popular, and. I'll, I'll say about this song, I, I didn't, want, not until recently did I know that it was actually recorded live, and that to me made it much more interesting, the actual the musical aspect of it and the recording process, so it was, the orchestra was with the, or, was in the studio live, so I think that gives it a different perspective a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. but for me, the song is... I just can't get past the sappy lyrics and the the just <laughs> cliches and the McCartney, like everything you criticize McCartney for, 
about being a sappy, wimpy kind of balladeer. It's all in here. The whoa, whoa, whoa's and and just yeah, my love does it good. Ah, uh, yeah, I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> musically it's catchy it's very beautiful and, and i like the tune yeah. but mu- lyrically it's very hard for me to listen with a straight face uh well, <laughs> well dave uh, i'm less of a cynic than you <laughs> so uh uh no i do i do like it i i i yeah maybe it's not the coolest song in the world for sure it's not like cool to think it's great mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> First she got, and we've talked about this before, is that great Henry McCullough solo, yeah, which yeah. he went off book, I guess, and mm-hmm. Paul was trying to dictate it to him what to play, and he's like, screw you, I'm just going to play what I want. <laughs> and then he did, and Paul's like, ooh, that's actually good. An idea not out of my head that that actually someone else came up with. Oh. Oh, let's keep it. So... Uh, but I, there's a couple. There's some underrated stuff in this in this song. The keyboard sound, particularly. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. And, and, and particularly in this new uh, remaster, it, it really comes out those uh, that that keyboard. Uh, and the strings on this and the string arrangement is just like so excellent. Mm-hmm. So so t- taking all of the elements together, sure it's a little lame. The whoa 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 woes <laughs> and stuff. Uh-huh. But. It is a little romantic too. It's That's like, true. It's, well, let me it put it sweet, romantic, you well, know. Let me put it this way, though: if we've got those the first two early songs for Linda that are really famous, we've got "Maybe I'm Amazed" and "My Love." Of the two, which you're going to prefer? Yeah, well, I, I I think we all know the answer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm yeah. I'm with you there, but I, it's a good hit. It's yeah. a, I mean, it's on. Here's maybe the thing. Maybe it does get a little too much attention just mm. because it hit number one. Yeah. It was, is it in his top 20 best songs, solo songs? No. No. Top 30? Probably not. <laughs> top 40? Yeah. Yeah. You know, somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're, I, I, I get it. I like it a little bit better than you do. And uh, yes, it is straightforward. You know, sometimes they are straight. Some of his... Some of the Beatles' big songs, like "All You Need Is Love," you know, mm-hmm. it's a pretty simple, That's simple true. idea. Yeah, so I think it's just like sort of like, uh, oh, it's another Paul simple idea that's real yeah. simple and sad. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, we're we're on a we're we're agree to disagree, but we're not too far apart. I think so. Like, I think so. There's, yeah. I'm not saying it's without merit at all. It's just saying yeah. there's there's better, yeah. better love songs by Paul. Uh, and if you hate love, Dave, uh, then just then just like listen to the message of this next tune oh, as we play. Yes. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> we're gonna play this next tune, which is "Get on the Right Thing."
Dave. <laughs> Some good Paul histrionics on this one. <laughs> yeah, you got an owl and you got a... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's got everything in here. <laughs> this one, uh, yeah. it, it does... This is one of those uh, Ram rejects, and it, it does sound different. It sounds like the Ram period, kind of Ram album song with his voice, doesn't it? With the, the, the ability to do that and kind of the harder rocking kind of screaming stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on this uh, tune itself? Well, it's got a really, really long intro. Mm-hmm. That sort of builds up and it sort of works for me. I, I like, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe this even should have opened the second side of the album. This mm. yeah. know, It would have been, uh, of course, we have the really screaming Mac, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oz and Oz. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love the drums on this one. Yeah. I, I, once again, these remasters—they, you know, what it really always brings out is the bass and the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Lyrically, okay, just a basic message: get your head on the right thing, <laughs> which is love. Okay. Yes, yes. Like, don't don't be thinking all this negative thoughts. Think positively. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that message. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's a few odd things in here, like all this backward sounds and yeah. Where, yeah. What is that? Why why is that in there? I don't know. It's kind of just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like it. I like it. And it, as as I've been listening to this album a lot, I'm like, oh, this one kind of like has gone from completely not on my radar to being like, oh, this is yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't skip it. I think it grows on you, and part of it is that. You've got a, a, a musical term pedal point that you hear do 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 at the beginning, and it's got a lot of do 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 do. It's very con- like a consistent pounding, r- repetitive note that just builds, makes you really yeah kind of expect something to happen. And then when the chorus comes in and Paul's screaming, "Get on the right!" and they're really <laughs> up there, and Linda's up there, uh, it's like yeah. a good release when you hit that point. So. Uh, thumbs up on the music to this one. I think the chords are interesting. The uh, the melody is good. Uh, it's got a good feel. And yeah, yeah I, I I don't have a problem with this one. I actually like this one. Uh, I, but like you say, maybe a little long. Clocks in around four seventeen. Uh, maybe one too many. Bo do 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 do. But <laughs> but not bad, not bad. So uh, I I like yeah. it so far. Uh, yeah, pretty good. That's a thumbs up for me. And, yeah. and, and and so far, when I'm listening to this album, I was like, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like my love a little better, so I, I'm enjoying yeah. it. And so uh, then comes the next tune, which uh, talk about something having grown on me, mm-hmm. Dave. Mm-hmm. This this song, this song, and it is one more kiss.
One more kiss, Dave. Like I said, this one has really grown on me the last few weeks listening to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, normally when, okay, well, this one's got a country feel. I kind of yeah. roll my eyes sometimes, <laughs> but but it's not really overwhelmingly country sounding. No, not too twenty. Uh, it's a nice kind of subtle song, and I feel like uh, the lyrics are nice, and they're delivered so sort of um, easily. Mm-hmm. So like uh, gently. And I really like the the lyrics. I said a foolish thing last night. I didn't think you'd take it bad, but now I'm on my way again. And just before I go, <laughs> only one more kiss. So yeah, nice, yeah. so sweet. What yeah. do you think? Uh, well, uh, I would describe it in a couple of words. I'd say uh, inoffensive and filler. Oh, yeah. I, I I found a good quote about this album by Nicholas Schaffner, who is a great author of the Beatles forever. And he describes the album and this is a song on it uh, as pleasingly plump music, charming, harmless, entertaining fluff, a perfect background to lazy afternoons in the sun. And that, that's a song. This is a song that really conjures up that to me. Uh, I don't dislike it. I like, I think it's all the things you said, uh, but it, it just flies by me. It's like a puff it just kind of floats oh. uh, to me. So, what? Well, I, no, I that sure doesn't like mean negative. It's just not negative. Yeah. It's just uh, this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, makes no impact on me. Let's say that. Well, I sure like it more than you. And and uh, uh, PaulMcCartney.com. W- one thing I I, I do want to commend very much that you know we we talked a little bit about how last year he, it seemed like he was getting uh, uh, better and better about using uh social media and mm-hmm. using his website to kind of promote not just promote his albums but to kind of recontextualize them and yeah. to give you a lot of interviews and stuff and paul mccartney.com has has a, a long audio interview where where he talks about both both uh, wings wildlife and this album hmm. and and then there's also some things just about certain songs and there is a, a little something about one more kiss on there oh uh, from November 26th of 2018, this a little interview with Paul and uh, explaining how he wrote it. He said, Mary was three or four around this time, so just a little kid. And you know how fathers often fuss over their kids. <laughs> so I was fussing over her. She was a really cute baby. And I'm fussing away going, give me a kiss. Come on, give me a kiss. And she got fed up with me and sort of go, Dad, all right, but only one more kiss. So I got one more kiss and a song. <laughs> and, and it suggested a country and western thing, and I was thinking that when we listen back to it, a country singer should cover it. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe so, someone will. Yeah. Well, yeah, I desperately <laughs> looked for a country singer who has covered it, and I couldn't find one. Ah, oh, too bad. But yeah. I like the song. I like it a lot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, harmless. It's, uh, on, of these songs, uh, are of these. That has been the second one. The second come in second place as far as like. My estimation of it has grown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't say that of this next song, but this is. <laughs> we had a, a a song. I forget exactly what the song was, but it was on Chaos and Creation that I said I was like so torn about and so on mm-hmm, the fence about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like this one is exactly the same thing. Yeah. There's some things that make make me scratch my head, and then there is some things that I like about it. And I can't. I just can't decide how I feel about it. It's going to be a great discussion about <laughs> Little Lamb Dragonfly. 
help you out But I cannot help you in Sometimes you think that life is hard And this is only one of them My heart is breaking for you, little lamb I can help you out But we may never meet again So Little Lamb Dragonfly, which uh, clocks in at 6 minutes and 20 seconds at the end of side one. Uh, I have a personal story about this song that I always remember. Uh, mm -hmm. My friend Michael Barrett from Indiana and I, uh, we went to enter the Beatles Soundalike contest at Beatlefest when it was called Beatlefest, now the fest for Beatle fans. And we made it to the finals. Uh, we were in the, the top two actually and we uh, we did a wonderful version of got my mindset on you and uh, my, michael played saxophone uh, it was very funny but then the song that won was a guy who brought up a whole like recording studio with him and played this song little lamb dragonfly with all the backing tracks and on acoustic guitar and he just blew you know everybody loved it and uh, we didn't think it was fair because he had like all this pre-recorded stuff and we were playing live, but alas, we didn't win. So, uh, <laughs> so I always remember, screw you, little screw lamb, you, little dragon lamb dragonfly. So to this day, I still always think of that when I hear this song in all its glory. So, <laughs> but it's, it's fascinating because it's another one of these Ram tunes or from before the album was made and it's, an elaborate production and it's musically really intricate there's a lot of parts there's key changes there's uh, a lot of layers so much happening here got all this stuff and then the question i'm left with is is it worth it for the lyrics or for the sentiment of it is all this huge production worth it so throw that let me throw that to you is it worth it for all that well, I like a lot of what it's doing, uh, but I, I guess it, it's hard to dissect. So let, let me take it in a little steps. Yeah. Doesn't the beginning of this song really sound like a George song? Mm. It's got those suspended chords, it like those chords at the beginning. But then at some point, and you know, obviously, what's semi lame about this song? is the li the little lamb and dragonfly imagery. Uh-huh. Uh but and then we go into the dragonfly part, right? Mhm. Mm and then and then Paul's like giving a very passionate an excellent vocal yeah, performance. Yeah. In the dragonfly part and these really great parts where he's like never no. <laughs> oh yeah, that's and great. And really yeah. belting them out, mm -hmm. you know. And so some some good lyrics mixed in there too, like how did two rights make a wrong? Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, there's so there's some some de decent uh, lyrics. Thing. But then after that, 
The song drags a little bit. It's a little <laughs> long. We definitely don't need a third dragonfly verse and chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and that one's too busy. It's got extra, like you said, very intricate with the backup vocals and the. Yeah. It's just too much on in my in my estimation. It sort of does doesn't gel for me. Why it it just seems strange to me. Why it like does that that way? Maybe that's part of the the fact that it was recorded at different times. So uh, you've kind of yeah. got the early version of it, and then it was re overdubbed and changed with the voice vocals and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know that that's an interesting yeah. point. It does, so it's not, doesn't hold, it's not consistent. Maybe, uh, no, no. And doesn't the song seem like it's over? And then it's like, yeah, uh, you know what? We yes. need some la, 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 extra like 45 seconds of the song. You could just ditch. Yeah. And no one would, like everybody be like, all right, that was good. That was good. But you get some Paul histrionics <laughs> with "Come on, cow." La, la, la. <laughs> got some good stuff in there at the end. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's I think it's almost trying to be epic, but then it doesn't make the mark of being epic with all the stuff that's going on and the whole production and everything. It just kind of misses the mark a little bit. But uh, it, yeah, there's a lot to be said for it. A lot of good stuff, I'd say. Uh, well, it's catchy. I, I didn't skip it. I didn't skip no, it, and no. and part of what I was wanting to hear was those uh, the the Paul vocals on this in the middle section is that dragonfly oh, yeah. section is yeah, great, really great. Mm-hmm. He's really belting them out, and there are some good lyrics, and there are is some musical stuff in there that's really interesting and some stuff like that. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. So, I know. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know what all instrumentation is on this, but it's like uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of going, a lot of guitar layers set. and strings and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, yeah. So but it's a good. It's a, I will say it's a good closer for side one because uh, then we'll flip the album over and the week when we come back now we hear a short little one, a short ditty called Single Pigeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't play this one, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's a little slight. I almost like it. Well, here's the thing. I'm not sure what completely doesn't work about it, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's a nice simple piano thing, and mm-hmm. I do like the horns that come in and the stuff that come in it towards the end. But it's like a real brassy, like <laughs> comes in towards the end. It's like where'd that come from? That does always kind of strike me. <laughs> Uh, and I love one lyric in this, which is Sunday morning fight about Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good I line. just love the idea of that. But it's short, maybe just too slight. Slight of a, is a good word, yeah. Of an existence to... to mm-hmm. I feel like maybe this could use another pass at it. You know, yeah, like yeah, I, maybe, maybe I feel that way about a lot of these early wing songs and early, you know, it's like, man, if they just took another stab at this. I know. Like, maybe yeah. they could, could you get it right. But Single Pigeon's the one that really, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, Single Pigeon's on this. So that's followed uh, by uh, uh, another song written for this particular album here, When the Night.
I've always described this one as a little bit sour. I don't know. There's something sour about it to me, uh, especially the first part, not the part we just ended with where the heat, the, I will never forget the night I held you close. I held you tight. Oh, darling, don't you know, which is very McCartney-esque. Uh, but that first part is something that, like I say, just kind of sour about it. And it just doesn't really grab me very well. How about you? Dave, I'm totally the opposite on this. I, oh. uh, this might be our all-time agree to disagree. I love this song. You do. It's become an it's become an absolute favorite of mine. I think this. Hmm. I think the the lilting Spanish guitar that's playing it. It's like it's like setting setting a, almost like a painting of a of a quiet mm-hmm. night out there that you go out and there's nobody on the streets and, and setting a mood. you're in Spain or something spending and a, of a beautiful and mellow night of the Linda backup vocals, very, very sort of like also very sort of like mellow and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 so I feel it really feel like the music paints the mood that the lyrics are trying to, to display, mm-hmm. uh, and I love the verses that never will forget the night. Yeah, I like that part. Close, yeah. I held you tight. So I love it. And then I, and <laughs> if you love histrionical Paul McCartney, <laughs> the, when he gets into that, la 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 la, follow me, follow me, he just can't stop. Too, he's like just going after it. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I think thinks a little odd about the song is that the ending of it just kind of like keeps going. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. the light fell on me, dom, dom. And then it fades instead of like stopping. Yeah. It's like you could have just stopped the song. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Uh, well, I'm glad. Yeah, you... I, I don't get the sour thing at all. I don't I think don't it's know. sour. I think, I think it's, it's, I think it's nice. Hmm. <laughs> But if you're talking about how the night was beautiful and mellow and the light of the night fell on me, why are you screaming and being histrionic about it? Uh, I don't know, but but it works. But I'm, it just works saying, for me. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic things here in this in Red Rose Speedway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Ah, he sounds really weird and sour, me. but I don't know. <laughs> No, come on. Where do you get this sour thing? <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting this sour thing. It is so such a good song. Well, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And every time this came on in this newest listing, I'm like, oh, yeah. You're into I was it. just like real excited to hear it. Mm-hmm. Might be my favorite track on the whole album. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we definitely. I mean, hear... that's not in this album. That's it's not, not that exactly hard to... like... high bar here. 
it wouldn't be my favorite track on say uh you know their their next album after no, this but no. you know <laughs> you know what i mean you know i'm getting at i'm like this yeah. is this was this and get on the right thing and one more kiss mm-hmm. and uh you know were were great to sort of discover too because i hadn't really given that many listens to it yeah. so yeah when that, we when we when we post this episode if you're listening to this episode go to our facebook page tell me how right i am in the album. <laughs> that's fine we love to hear it that's the great thing about this stuff is you can really you've all got opinions and and we all have our own aesthetic preferences and things that strike us and things that don't and uh yeah this one is a skipper for me i i don't know how can i say now the next oh. one is also kind of an interesting choice uh, because it's an instrumental and with a very peculiar yeah. title of Loop First Indian on the Moon. So there's a little bit of the first section there of a loop. <laughs> first Indian on the moon. Now, we're going to disagree about this one, too, I think, Dave. Maybe. Because yeah. I, I really like it. I, I, I've enjoyed listening to it. This remaster has really ma- upped the game on this one, I think, because of the bass, mm-hmm. particularly, and the drum. The only bad thing about this song, I think, is the name of it. I think they <laughs> I think they had a really cool instrumental groove. Mm-hmm. I love the vocal humming. I love the groove. I like I really like it when it drops out and the bass kind of creeps back in. Yeah. Doom, yeah. Doom, doom doom. And then later when it drops out and it comes in with just the drums. Mm-hmm. Sure, the very end is mildly annoying with the high pitched <laughs> noises and stuff. Um, uh-huh. but I, I really like it and I'd say it's up there with, you know, one of these days we'll have to do a rank, one of our ranking shows where we rank Beatles and Beatles related, uh, solo instrumentals. I like that idea because the, the, yeah, we yeah. can get, we can talk about beef jerky and flying. Uh, it, this to me, it, it, I'll say it's very catchy. The melody sticks with you that it, it's very kind of tribal and primitive and maybe that's i guess the whole idea of indian on the moon kind of pioneering or something uh, some sci-fi thing going here but yeah. uh yeah i'll describe i'll describe this as being like one big marijuana like stoned 
uh, adventure here. The whole thing, actually, and there are so? a lot of comments. So nothing <laughs> wrong saying, with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm saying I think it might be <laughs> your experience of the sun might be enhanced if you are, uh, <laughs> if you're, maybe you're uh, smoking a little uh, weed or something. Uh, if you're doing some substances that might help with this song, uh, that's my thoughts on this because the the album itself, a lot of comments saying that that, they, that Wings was stoned throughout almost the whole time and just constantly. We know Paul liked his weed, and it seemed to be a big part of this album and the atmosphere. And this, to me, just stands out as very trippy, kind of sit down, smoke, pass the joint around, and be primitive. I don't know. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Well, yeah. uh, musically, it really works for me. It yeah. really is like it's a good it's a good piece of music. Yeah. I, I I just think uh, maybe it's regrettable, especially now, to put the title first Indian on the yeah, moon. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. I now. think I think no. it, the word just the word Indian and yeah. you know it's already gone very out of vogue. Very dated. So. Yeah, yeah. Twenty years from now, they're gonna be like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, what's with this guy? I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but yeah. but. Uh, I like it better uh, like than it. it's better than Crean Acror from McCartney from the yeah <laughs> way see? better than that. I think yeah. when we get I'm telling you when we get into the <laughs> instrumental yes, rankings, you're yes. going to be like, this is pretty good instrumental tune. I agree, I agree, and as, as, as I said, the melody is really catchy. I think I woke up at three in the morning hearing it once, so it's do 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 do. When that comes back in, it's like all right. I dig it. Yeah, I dig that. <laughs> Yeah, so that's it, it's very strange balance on this album. So you've got five songs on the first, then you've, we just talked about the next three. There are the first three on the uh, second side, and the reason why there's only four is because it's time for a big long medley of four oh different boy, tunes here. And this is I've been waiting for this because Chris has been kind of anticipating what he's going to say. But we've got this medley of "Hold Me Tight." Lazy Dynamite, Hands of Love, and Power Cut. And uh, when we think of Beatles who do medleys, it's really Paul. Think about Abbey Road, of course, is the big one. Even on uh, Egypt Station, we have two songs that are medley-esque that have uh, things together with despite repeated warnings and, and the last one on the album. Uh, so it, it's some one of his interests. He likes these different parts, but... Where do we begin with this one? Because it's huge. Ugh. Can we play just a bit of it? I mean, let, let's play something where we get just a little bit of both uh, Like a tracks. transitional section. Yeah. It's like a transitional section. And I particularly want to play maybe this transition between the middle two pieces, Lazy Dynamite and Hands of Love. Okay. If we could do that, maybe. So let's let's do that. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. 
Well, Dave, I've been defending uh, this album a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think you've been real sour and negative on a lot of this stuff. That's great. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> People who don't like to hear me uh, be sour, uh, you might want to s- skip ahead. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a terrible song. It's a total dud. <laughs> All four songs are dud. A, a very ambitious, but if this was a term paper, musically, just musically, mm-hmm. it would get an F. <laughs> because talk about musically unfocused, Dave. You got these different little sections, <laughs> even within the song, these little sections, mm-hmm. within each song, and the instrumentation choices seem random <laughs> and just don't gel at all for me. Let's let's talk about each section separately. Okay. Because there within each section there are a lot of things to and and you know, they're not all created equal. Right. One right. of them's a little bit better than the rest of them. Yes, yes. So let's start with Okay. Hold me tight. What's the worst thing about Hold Me Tight, Dave? Okay. The worst thing that it shares a title with a, a Beatles song. <laughs> That's better. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not even oh, a great Beatles. I'm gonna song. write a song. Uh, why don't I write a second Let It Be that's way worse? No? How about Hold Me Tight? Yes! Hold Me Tight's not going to get on anybody's top. Although I did know somebody who uh, said that was his favorite Beatles song, Hold Me Tight. Uh, but but oh. why? But why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why choose to do Hold Me Tight? And then the cringing <laughs> Hug Me Right... <laughs> My girlfriend heard that. He's like, did he just say hug me, right? I'm like, yeah, wait for the squeeze of me tight. It's coming. It's coming. Wait for the squeeze of me tight. And does does this seem to endlessly be changing keys for no reason at the beginning? (laughs) Yes, I was going to. I was playing this. Hold me tight. (laughs) Hug me, right? Hold me tight. It's like he's doing his scales or something. <laughs> I can't top that. that... <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes, and then we're just on to hold me tight here. And then it goes into this jingle jangle banjo thing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Make love to me and make it right. What a terrible lyric that is. <laughs> And then it goes into this warbly vocal effect, which is very off-putting right at the end. Mm -hmm. Why that feeling? (laughs) There's a decent, decent guitar solo in there. That's true. I'll give it that. That's true. But it's a hold me tight, a bad earworm, and the song, just the hold me tight portion, makes me want to puke. <laughs> That's how I feel about all the time. That is amazing. <laughs> I, could, I could see in your laugh you're in a complete agreement. Complete ben. agreement. I, this might be one of the worst McCartney lyrics ever. I, I, and we know there's some yes. bad ones, but this that that may be the worst. Uh, talk about well. I think lazy as we move into lazy dynamite. Lazy might be a good description for a lot of the lyric writing in this medley, uh, because it it just is. I don't know. It's taking first thoughts, or uh, you get tired yeah. of, of the. Uh, like, what what is lazy dynamite, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's uh, that supposed to mean? I don't know. But he wants her to come out tonight when the time is right, or will you fight? It, it, it's just like the to me the most the weakest rhyming possible. Find every possible cliche word you can do, 
and every phrase. Come out tonight. The time is right. Will you fight? There's a love you can't hide. Why do you fight the feeling in your heart? I mean, all of it. It's just the whole thing is a cliche. Yeah. Fight that feeling in your heart. An unnecessary vocal thing put on there. Yeah. It's so hard to talk about this, Dave, because the lyrics are so bad and the music choices are so bad. <laughs> Mixed together. There's a, What mood is this trying to set? This lazy dynamite thing. There's a lot of nonsense harmonica <laughs> in the background, and 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 you you played the uh, the move into the transition as well. From, oh oh, well before the transition, the lazy dynamite it just goes on forever. Lazy, mm-hmm. di- they just keep going. Oh, lazy dynamite. <laughs> Camping on it, and it's like, would you get to the next part of the song? And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, and it devolves into this insane guitar crazy pants <laughs> guitar transition. Yeah, <laughs> it's like jumping all over the place, and then it lands on this other song. Yes, hands of love, hands of love, clear hands down the least objectionable section of this yes. of this uh, medley. Yeah. Linda's okay on this. Yeah, they sound good. The, yeah, I, although and I'm if, not sure if, about the kazoo solo in here. It's kind of a... <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I could live without the wacky kazoos. That's that's right. And maybe if just Hands of Love was like a B-side or something, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's sort of like... Kind of fits. But I can't tell yeah. if it's... I, can't, I still can't tell if it's trying to be whimsical yeah. or profound. Yeah, yeah, it's not clear. It's unclear. Uh, it's certainly long enough to be its own song to mm-hmm. all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's sh- it's sort of shoehorned into this me- medley. It feels yeah. like to me. And then and then uh, oh, uh, we get into power cut. Now power yes. cut starts cool with the piano and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a little decent little let him in beat. He's back to that pedal then, point thing. Yeah, but then. Oh, maybe a power cut, like really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it, Dave? <laughs> Having just gone through three days of a power outage in Kansas City, oh, uh, I was. <laughs> this lyric really hits home. There may be a power cut, and the candles burn down low. That yeah. a power cut delayed us talking about the power. That's cut. true. I get the mood here, but oof. Uh, there may be Does a it, miracle. Goes into the, be I love uh, you so. Be that, I that whole yeah that that vamps on forever too and that's the big that's the uh, the end of the medley so yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right equal to the <laughs> right uh, to... In power <laughs> and of course at the end of the medley they bring back everything musically which yes. should really wow us it should all the but themes come back the problem yeah. is the 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 sections were so lame <laughs> that you're just like okay I see that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a bit, you know, it's sort of like how we talked about a bit more of you as a waste of time because yes. you's so inconsequential. <laughs> so, oh man, this song. So this song is, 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 in, aggravates me. I was like, so wound up about this when I, uh, and I, w- I was looking for some, some people talking about this and I, yeah. I came across Lenny Kay's review from 1973 in Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. classic review, uh, and he says, 
I'll just pick it up in the middle of this. But 11 minutes? <laughs> not, not only could the medley have been easily compressed into a single se- segment with little loss of narrative flavor, but the net effect of lumping all these eggs in one basket only serves to underscore their individual lack of resembling bulk. I mean, this yeah. is... So we know that Abbey Road, if we're going to compare it to that, because most people did since it was only a couple of years before, the Abbey Road medley we know was made of fragments, right? Mean Mr. Mustard, as we knew, know from the Esher demos, we heard Mean Mr. Mustard and Polythene Pam, or, you know, those were just kind of throwaway fragment songs. But somehow it all fit together really well. And in this case, you've got four cut songs as well for fragments Actually, a little bit more they do sort of stand alone on uh, there but they're they seem very jammed together and maybe that's yeah. a big part of it that they don't really relate very well and they don't link very well uh the feels are so different it's just i don't know it just doesn't well flow. mean mr mustard polythene pam on their own they're evocative of something. At least you yeah. can like imagine something like polythene. You can picture yeah. polythene pan. Right. You can like maybe even come up with an image for polythene pan. Can mm-hmm. you come up with an, any kind of anything <laughs> in your brain for lazy dynamite? It's absolute nonsense. It's, well, isn't it? Isn't that an oxymoron <laughs> to begin with? That dynamite is lazy because dynamite is explosive, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that was sort of maybe what he was getting at was like, oh, come out and you'll be you'll have a great time once you're out. But you're staying inside. But that's not it's just so it's so nothing. Yeah. yeah. And the way it's presented is so repetitive and poorly cumbersome. Yeah. Cumbersome. Yeah. I can't believe I know you said there some you've heard people love this <laughs> yes. medley and I, I, I'm, 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 if you if you love a medley and you're a listener of ours great we appreciate you uh, <laughs> but I don't know what you're thinking I really don't I, w- I wish I, I wish I could get into this one yeah but I can't and that's the end of the album I mean that's the that that's was the end of the album it. yeah you know this the, the medley is so bad <laughs> wow that <laughs> When Mary Had a Little Lamb comes on, which is the, okay. So now we're going to go into the bonus material, into the disc two of the of the of the thing. Mary Had a Little Lamb. I've always considered to be lame, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, a B side that he should have like just relegated to an all kids album or something, <laughs> and certainly ill advisedly never put it on a, a t- television special, James <laughs> Paul McCartney special. <laughs> But it's such a relief after. I, I was sort of like, oh, yeah, this is okay. Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess on its own, Dave, what, what you are saying before before we really, really dig into this too, is on yeah. its own, this, the, the album proper was a little underwhelming. Even with, you know, even with some of the more positive spin I, I put on some of these tunes than, than you did. Yeah. It is a little underwhelming, and... But thank goodness these uh, uh, bonus packs have, are really yes. adding the value to, to these packages. So, uh, you know, we, we just spoke about Mary Had a Little Lamb. Very slight, very, <laughs> you know, but fun to, fun to include here. And another earworm. Then we get Little Woman Love. It's a, sort of a New Orleans-y flavored tune. Not objectionable. Mm-hmm. Would have been filler even on the double album, I think. Yeah. Uh, but and, and nothing to write home about. But, eh, you know, not yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, high, 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 uh, is included here. A hit. We'll probably talk more about this on a future, like, uh, this could um, be a good songs under the mic group. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially because of but, all the controversy around it with the being banned and drug use and all that. It would be fun to talk about this a little more detail sometime. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. One guy at one of the Paul concerts I went to was really into it. <laughs> like, it was, like, finally, when they played Hi, 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 it's like he woke up. It was like, oh, all right. Nice. <laughs> so, it does rock. So, so yeah. Yeah. Sea Moon. Mm-hmm. Is that the intro I should have been in? Whoa, bo- 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's a, it, it, this again might be a future uh, songs mm-hmm. in the microscope. Uh, g- great that they add these hits. Yeah, on, and they're fu- on, they sound good. And, uh, you, yeah. you know, you really, you get a sense that they were really into reggae at that time in the early 70s. That was a big consideration because not only have we had uh, the reggae version of Love is Strange from Wildlife, we had... Uh, we have another one coming on this bonus album here. We have Sea Moon, uh, and then uh, Live and Let Die. Well, well, actually, is our next tune. So there's another. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll shuttle forward and talk about Live and Let Die since you br- brought up that reggae break. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. in Live and Let Die. So let's hear a little bit of the classic, great remaster here of Live and Let Die. <laughs> to say So, uh, Live and Let Die for the uh, Roger Moore film. Are you a big, <laughs> uh, big Bond fan, Dave? And is Roger Moore your favorite Bond? Oh, uh, I did. Like, well, I like Sean Connery. I like those early ones. And the only, actually, yep. the only Roger Moore one I've seen is Live and Let Die because of the Paul McCartney song. And uh, I, this is a classic. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's it's one of Paul's best. It's a great production. <laughs> Uh, the whole story about it coming together with just getting a song title or getting the movie title and then constructing a song around it and putting yeah. it together. And I guess he read the, the read book, the book yeah. real quick. Yeah, just getting like the <laughs> And then wrote the, wrote the song the next day. Right. It's, uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Denny Sywell said it was like a huge, you know, they just kind of showed up and he had it all done and it was ready to go and then giving it to George Martin to do the, the great orchestration that now, you know, when you, if you go see him in concert for many, many years, that's when the fireworks happen. And, uh, it's just got it all. And great singing, great background with the, you know you did, you know you did, you know you did. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the reggae break that you mentioned. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a total classic. I don't know how else to put it. I really like the, I think the percussion, too, mm, makes mm-hmm. this song a very underrated portion of the song where it, they're building up sort of like a drum, kind of like, uh, almost like an explosion that's going to mm, happen, and mm-hmm. it does explode. <clears throat> uh, this is a, uh, if you've not seen Paul McCartney live, 
Yes. You will not be prepared, <laughs> particularly if you see him in an outdoor venue, of how fantastic mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. this is. It's the highlight of every Paul concert I've been to. Yes. Uh, Probably the most uh, expensive for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he always jokes about, like, oh, my heart. And all yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> One of the dr- uh, guitar players usually collapses on stage and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, a, a played for... Uh, uh, broad laughs, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I also love the lyrics and the the idea. You know, not the live and let die idea. Yes. Just as a lyric is very smart. And then he goes, you know, you used to say live and let live. It's like mm-hmm. ah, yeah, great job. Yeah. Uh, and then you gotta give the other fella hell. That's a great line. Shouldn't work, but, but it it's does. such a great line. Yes. It, it works so well. It's so great. Yeah. So. Now my one little bone to pick with it is the same thing. That I, I compare it to the John Mellencamp song "Small Town," uh, where you use the same preposition twice. So Paul is saying, "But in if this ever-changing world in which we live in, in which we live in, oh uh, yeah, because yeah. John Mellencamp says I was born in a small oh from where it is that I come from, uh, he uses the same construction." Uh, now I did hear arguments, yes, long arguments back and forth that he's actually saying in which we're living. Oh, does maybe that does, does that now in the songbook, in songbook uh, that you're looking at says we live in? But yes. maybe he was saying in which we're living. Oh, which that would make more sense then. Yeah, makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. We'll have to consult some so other we, sources. Yeah. When we get our land, our Paul McCartney uh, interview, <laughs> we'll ask him what the real lyric is. <laughs> we'll ask him, is it in which we live it or is we're living? Yeah. And we can't trust his answer because of uh, fuck you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just yeah. tell us what we want to hear. His credibility yeah. shot. So, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, that's uh, you know, nothing nothing more to say. It's, it's really just an all-time classic. Paul's definitely his top five uh, to me. Yeah. Um, now let's let's jump back uh, to now. Th- there's a lot of songs here now that are were initially maybe intended for the double album, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is this uh, song which we got a, a live performance of back in '72, and that's the mess. What's your take so, on the mess, Dave? I, you know, the, as I was saying earlier in the show, this is was a was recorded live uh, from the Hague in uh, Netherlands, 1972, and uh, these songs that were from that tour, uh, I think, are terrific. And this is, I was just thinking, why doesn't he? Why didn't he do more songs like this? It's it's 
great feel band sounds tight uh the lyrics are are kind of whim like funny whimsical surreal a little bit uh it just it's a and good, then it goes into this great slow, break yeah, the, yeah that vocal break where they're like oh, oh, oh that almost sounds like gospel feel to yeah, it yeah it's a great feel it's got great energy to mm -hmm. it yeah mm-hmm so I, I think it's a great tune, uh, not not Let It Be, but it, it's still got a lot going for it. And I, I just love the sound. I wish I wish we could, well, maybe eventually we'll get to hear that big box set of the Wings Live stuff from this period because, if, yeah. you know, this, this is a great example, as is another one we're going to talk about, are really great examples of how they played. They they also included the mess the uh, studio recording of that on the on this collection on disc three of the uh, uh, big bon bonus uh, stuff if you if you get that and, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's interesting as well. Um, one oh more, yeah, yeah. One more thing about the mess. I think it's very funny that it was the B side of my love. Talk about contrast. <laughs> I mean, talk about night and day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The B side of uh, uh, "Live and Let Die" is also included here. "I Lie Around." Mm -hmm. Kind of weird song, but I like it. It's <laughs> yeah. actually one of my favorite non-Paul lead songs of Wings. Mm -hmm. Good production on it. I love the horn sound. Yeah. It's like they're feel. coming. It's like they're sweeping in on waves, like yeah, I like that too. Uh, and the little lead guitar licks and stuff, I, I like it. Something that's interesting about that tune that I just discovered uh, hearing it was it's actually a Paul song, but Denny sings the first two verses, and then Paul comes yeah. in at the end. So interesting that he would give Denny again, maybe trying to make it a band affair, yeah. giving Denny the chance to uh, take some leads. So yeah, I like yeah. the I like I lie around too. Then it's followed by Night Out. That's Ooh. sort of like Wings Gone Kiss yeah. to me. <laughs> Night Out! Yeah, yeah, yeah! So, yeah. Not, not great, but, no. you know, not, not objectionable either. Mm -hmm. Country Dreamer. A studio we've heard we've heard this before on uh there's a uh acoustic version included, I think, on Ram set mm -hmm. or, or Band on the Run set. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Country Dreamer is a great track. Very the good studio version. Very good track. Uh, yes. Sweet little country feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, I like it. And of course, that was uh, one one hand clapping mm -hmm. uh, too. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, Seaside Woman. That's one Ooh. of Dave's favorites. Up yes. Here. Little I'm, Linda Reggae thing. Little Linda Reggae thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is up. Uh, it's a, it's better than Cook of the House. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it was later. Later released for Linda's album, uh, yeah, it's okay, catchy, nothing yep. much to say about it. Uh, let's play this next one. It's another one of these live ones. We're gonna play all three of these live ones actually, and yeah. um, this one's "Best Friend."
So that's Best Friend, Dave. What do you think about that one? Another great rockin' tune. It's got a, a, I love the guitar sound. That's, I guess, Henry McCullough, probably. It's got a real good fuzz sound to it. da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun Great groove. And again, the tune you kind of wish would get more play or that he would have not just thrown out after this tour because we never heard it again. So yeah. Yeah. That's the, the great lost, uh, you know, this has been our lament for years is like part of why we love Paul so much and his solo career so much is there's all this stuff on the shelf that Mm -hmm. uh, potentially, potentially has like merit, including mama's little girl. The next thing, an acoustic, track and it reminds me of great day a lot it, yeah very uh, much it sounds it's kind of that it's one of his stock styles of songwriting with the kind of the, yeah. the falsetto and the little country-ish and the acoustic guitar but yeah very very nice little tune i would only smile this one's a little weird it almost sounds like some other 70s band is playing i was gonna say this, this is a denny lane original and it sounds a little bit i want to say elo-ish or some kind of like yeah pop with a lot of acoustic overdubs and things. Yeah. Yeah, or um, Eagles or something like that. Now, I've got to play this next track, Dave. A great cover tune. And uh, listen for a little Paul sitar playing. <laughs> yeah. On Tragedy. All right, Dave, what do you think of that sitar? Uh, it comes out of nowhere. It's definitely unexpected <laughs> because I, I've, he's got this very, I don't want to say nightclub-y, but it, maybe it is sort of nightclub-like, kind of a night sound, very uh, ooh, tragedy, very earthy kind of sound. Uh, this yeah. is, as you said, it's a cover of a 1959 or 61 tune. It, it's got such a great feel, and the the background vocals are good. And uh, yeah, very sweet, very sweet sound to it. And the sitar is kind of a neat timbre because it's it's not doesn't go. It's not what you expect. So yeah, it's it's a strange. It's a, a almost a, a, a it's a peaceful song, although it's a very sorrowful. Yeah, song. it is sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tragedy. Yeah, so. I like it a lot. lot. We'll go out with track 15 because it's uh, (laughs) such a a fun little piece of uh, of silliness. The gazoos actually work on this one. (laughs) They do. (laughs) And that's uh, Thank You Darling, which Mm -hmm. is just... If you never knew, uh, like you'd be like, "Oh, this is one of Wings's bi- bi- greatest hits or yeah. something." Yeah, because it's just like yeah. well done, very delightful, and mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and uh, just makes you really, you know. Sometimes you really get like, "Oh, Paul and Linda, they're yeah, so sweet." Yeah, it makes you smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, now this next song is the one I, I most wanted to talk about, really. Cause Jazz it's, Street? It's, <laughs> no, 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 not Jazz Street. Uh, uh, just, just to mention, Jazz Street, a little instrumental, almost nothing thing. Yeah. A little tiresome. Uh, uh, and, and there's uh, Live and Let Die, the group only take 10, which we heard in a previous episode, which is great. Yeah. But the, the the last song we'll talk about here is 1882, which uh, is uh, on three times on the on the bigger box set. Uh, you get the studio version of it, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But this live in Berlin, 1882, is uh, so great. Uh, so let's have a listen to it. unusual for a lot of reasons i was driving to uh, minneapolis last weekend to go hear some concerts and this came on and it just kind of stopped me i didn't stop driving but it sort of stopped my uh, thought i really was tuned in and really turned up the lyrics and tried to figure out what was going on because it's very unpaul i feel it's not a mccartney tune in a lot of ways just the sound of the music the lyrics it's actually a story uh like a narrative yeah. yeah, the the story is yeah, it's a, sad a, a story. poor a yeah. poor a poor kid from uh, who's moved into England, and I guess in 1882 there was a, a large influx of immigrants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming into England. So and a lot of poor kid children, and and it's sort of a it's almost like the narrator is warning the kid. I know you're starving and hungry, but don't steal that bread because yeah. uh, if you do, it's going to go very poorly for you, and you'll yes. be drawn and quartered. Yeah, you'll hung like yeah. a ham, yeah. which is a weird thing to be singing this <laughs> lyric. You'll oh be hung God. like a ham, <laughs> but I love it. It's so great. The gr- yeah. guitars on this are so good, yes. dr- very dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's got a good feel to it. Yeah. yeah. And isn't it weird? I know I also noticed that there are some overdubs on this live version, but but still, the fact that he would perform a song like this live, it makes me think that Paul, at some point, you know, he's always had this experimental streak, and he's always had kind of a, I'm just going to try stuff and see what happens. Uh, but I feel like he's just gotten so careful in his live performances that you would never hear a song like this. Uh, and it, it, it makes yeah. you think back, like, wow, he really was just trying to find his way and throwing throwing things at the wall, see what would stick. And it's yeah. so cool to hear a song like this. Yeah, I really think it's one of the top lost McCartney tracks. It's, yeah. it's so interesting, so different than his other stuff. Mm-hmm. This version of it, this live version, has just fantastic guitar playing. Yeah. 
just really great. And the vocals, the background vocals particularly, uh, just really fit with it. Some of the lyrics, you know, maybe <laughs> it's 1882 is a clunky lyric. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody walks around like, up, 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 it's 1998, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the the story of, uh, you know, the, the poor kid uh, stealing bread and being hungry, it's like really... Like painted Charles, well, like. Charles Dickens or something from that period. So yeah, very yeah. like narrative, which yeah, you just don't hear that too much. It's all uh, well, yeah. We we already talked about the medley and the lyrics and that, for example. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> too much of that. It, I, I mean, it doesn't quite too fit into his other sort of story songs like Jenny Wren. No, or any, no. It, it doesn't quite fit that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot more like straightforward, like. Like I said, the narrator's sort of warning the subject of, of the of the of the tune, and it's a, unusual, very, very unusual. Very so, definite credit for that. So that's yeah, like we say as we kind of wrap up here, having all these new tunes. I mean, not new, but all these uh, extra tunes on the bonus uh, part of the album really helps give us of different perspective of this time period and of Red Rose Speedway and all the things that Paul was up to at that point. And I think it's made much stronger as I, I think you do as well. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, uh, but if you, if you do shell out the big money <laughs> and you get the box set, I think you'll be happy with, there is the James Paul McCartney TV special and yeah, some music yeah. videos and stuff. And of course you're going to want, you're going to want the Bruce, Bruce McMouse. <laughs> show which I, not only in dvd but also in blu-ray for no reason just why we need both of those yeah. i i don't know but uh uh but yeah no i i really i feel like thumbs up to the uh amount of extra bonus stuff and i think it you know probably if you rated this album just on its own yeah the album proper dave where would you put it red rose speedway i'd probably give about a five I might give it more of a seven now because mm-hmm. I really—I don't know that last thing though, it really dragged. <laughs> and that's the longest thing on the album too. That's the biggest. Yeah, thing. that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a six and a half. How okay. About? Uh, but but with the added stuff, this has really become my favorite of the re-releases mm. or, or up mm-hmm. there. I really really like Tug of War. Mm-hmm. I thought that re-release was great, and um, Flowers in the Dirt you know, was I, great. I, yeah. Flowers in the Dirt was pretty good, and so I think that this this one is heavily outweighs the uh, Wings Wildlife to me. Oh yeah, as yeah. far as the bonus stuff adding value to it, you get three of the best uh, hits of the era, mm-hmm. and you get all these interesting other tunes like the 1882 tragedy, and you know, Best Friend and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the live tracks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it even brings it up to like a, an eight as a, as yeah. I think, cause it's, it's a very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I was, I've been enjoying the extra week. We had to go over it. Yeah, me too. Stuff, me too. So. I will say this live package that they gave you this bonus thing and everybody paid so much money for it and they mm-hmm. haven't reprinted it. Right. And it's going on eBay for thousands of dollars <laughs> and it's ridiculous. But that they didn't put separate like it's best friend live in Antwerp's on that. Oh, and two. Yeah, it's not like a different version of be- like best it's friend the, from a different concert. It's the same one. So that's a 
Yeah, so that's a little bit like, man, what a ripoff. Yeah, kind of disingenuous. Disingenuous. So I'm hoping that he rethinks it and gives us a like a proper Wings Over Europe with some, maybe a two disc, mm-hmm. you know, oh, Wings Over that. Europe with a bunch of different stuff. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what he's doing. This is a, one of the, definitely one of the better sets and a lot of fun to talk about because there's just so much stuff on here and so many interesting things. And I, yeah. I think I'll uh, be listening to it for a while. Well, Dave, we'll go out, like we said, with the whimsical. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Apologize to every every uh, Medley fan out there for me. But uh, you can tell us uh, it had can, to be done. You can tell us on our Facebook page or on Twitter or uh, I've got a Beatles podcast at Hotmail.com. And we'll be yeah. sure to uh, respond and get a dialogue going if, if you uh, have some interest in that. Yeah, and thanks so much for all of your comments. Sometimes we we miss one. We'll get to it later. Sometimes we don't have much to say, so we'll just get, be like, like. Yep. <laughs> but but, we're, but we, we read uh, it all. Yeah, we read it all, and we appreciate all of you. And so we say thank you, darling. to thank you.